0: Hello and welcome to episode 20 of A View from the Dugout with myself, Chris, from Surayer on the Budget. And I'm joined tonight by my co-host, a man, Ross, from Scotland, Surayer. Ross, how are you tonight, sir?
1: Just a man. Just I'm a man.
0: great. Just, Just a man. A man. A man. Not, not even the man. Just a man. Just a bloke in the street. Mm. Uh,
1: so how are you to do? How are you doing today? All good. All good. Looking forward to the big... Dundee United A Z game tomorrow
0: night. Well, I hope they give you the A to Z to get home and get out of Europe, which would be fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a quite quite a big game. Obviously, Rangers had their big win last night. Um, They've come from behind, win uh, again. Seems to be their way of things: <laughs> do terribly away and come home and 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 pull out a win. Um, so yeah, that was decent for Scottish football. So hopefully, we'll have a few teams going into the next rounds, but we'll wait and see. Um, on the note of you know, landmark episodes, I would say. We've made it to 20 episodes. I don't think many people would have banked on that. Do you have any favourite moments
1: of the podcast, Russ, over the last, say, 20 weeks? Um, Oh, on the spot... Probably your attempt at the the sex names and footballers. How that was pretty decent, wasn't it? Do you actually,
0: I had the uh, I had uh, a couple of episodes on today just listening to some things because I was trying to bring up some of the old players and things like that. I couldn't find all my pads at work, so I just went right, okay, well, let's see what I've got. And I was listening to it and that was the episode. And I was like, man, that was that was quite that was quite fun, actually. Um my my personal highlight would probably be well, apart from the rants, I do like a rant now. Um but episode four when we were uh, thrown completely off uh, track with the launch of the Scottish League. Yeah. Um, I think that was a huge one for us. That's probably the one that kind of put us on the map, I would have said. Um, but still to date, um, people seem to go back and listen to that one. And also episode 17 is rapidly catching it. And that was where we kind of previewed this season. Eh? So um, those two probably stand out to me. Um, but just as a just as a slight aside before we move on to actual Surrey news and game weeks, do you have any favourite career memories in the last? You know, since you joined, have you what's, what's been a particular highlight or maybe a particular low
1: light? Um, probably at the, at the start when uh, when you were completely pieing it, yeah. <laughs> that was quite fun. When you were like, "No, no, I'm not getting involved," a uh, lot of nonsense, a lot of rubbish, and I kept basically bugging the, the shit out of you till you till you joined and had a proper look at it. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think for me, it's, it's all one big journey. I When I first started this, and I was confident in it. Was, I think it was that Japanese card that, that traded, I think, really at the very early days. And it was one of those that I picked up for £20 and it sold for like 100 And it must have been like week two of playing the game that just got me thinking, oh, there's money to be made at this. Mm-hmm. And then it allowed me to actually buy the first few players that I actually knew who, you know, knew who they were, as opposed to like, you know, Asian reserve players and, you know, really obscure sort of backup, Dupilla and Eredivese, because all the leads weren't launched back then. So I think that early period was really interesting, I suppose, from an actual gameplay perspective. Moving kind of forward, um, seeing so many of my mates join the game now and be actively playing. I think there's, I don't know, somewhere maybe between a dozen and maybe 15, 16 guys that, you know, obviously I'm in, you know, fantasy leagues and we do meetups and smokers and things. So have all those guys actually playing and having sort of like communal discussion points as opposed to just standard football results.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would agree that that first... uh your first big win, you know, it was like the, you know, my mind was Darian Espria, wasn't it? I mean, I, I bought, I went and sat and looked through all the pre-season friendlies and was seeing who was scoring goals and things like that. And I was like, oh, this, this lad looks like he's got a few goals in him. And somebody else on this podcast rubbished that idea. It was like, no, no, he's never going to get a game. And then, to be fair, I think he didn't even play a game for me but I sold him. And I just showed this that, you know, I think I paid, I don't know, say 50 quid for him and he sold. That was when I got the big trade and I got, you know, Marquez and all these other boys yeah. in for that as well. And it was just it was just ridiculous in the end. I think that as it worked out, I ended up about 300 quid when I worked through all the trades and got everything sold. That that original purchase became what I'd actually had originally invested. So it was, that was quite a journey. I quite enjoyed that. Um, particular low light and highlight I suppose at the same time would have been I think it is uh, a year in the next couple of days since I sold my Brad Guzan card for 10% value which was uh, which was harrowing at the time <laughs> a two grand gallery and I lost 500 quid in one fell swoop um, and then I was trying to figure out how I was going to tell you know Louise and Christian that I'd just balls the whole thing um, and I was going to sell the gallery and kind of give them their money and i would just have to start from scratch kind of thing but um that was when kind of the community thing kicked in for me and um, i was making those kits and um yeah it, and also then you know Greg, when I, I, somebody i've never met had never interacted with sent me a dm saying check your gallery and there was two cards sitting there that covered my entire loss um and I was just astonished. So since then, that actually had quite an impact on me as a person, and I, I tried to be more, um, you know, thoughtful of other people's feelings, I suppose, and you know where people were at, and tried to, you know, you know, just in day to day life, not just in Siria. So that was quite a quite a strong one. But yeah, I've I think the highlight for me beyond that would probably be buying my own team's players. I think <laughs> when I started being able to buy Dundee players, and you were also able to start buying United players, and. I think that made a big difference for everything. I think being able to look at the Scottish cards and going, yeah, this is, the, I know these players, I know these players' names. I can pronounce most of them. Um, so that was a good starting point, I suppose. So, yeah, it's been a long journey. I mean, obviously the podcast has been, what, 20 weeks now? Yeah. Um And, I mean, our, I think both our journeys are about a year and a half old now as well for, for you know, actually being on Serer and trading and being active and things. So it's been fun. And uh, whilst you said about, you know, me poo-pooing the idea of uh, getting invested and getting involved in it, I am very glad I did. (laughs) Um, So I've said that to you offline and a message here and there, but thanks for introducing something that actually genuinely has changed my life. Um, And I wouldn't have stumbled across it because it's not an area that I would have even looked into, to be perfectly honest. So um, that comes back to, you know, your mates kind of pushing you and saying, look, you know, this is genuinely a, a decent thing. So Thank you very much for that. So moving on from, you know, good news, let's look at the bad news. Let's look at this week's game week at the weekend rush. <laughs> <laughs> I think the term abject failure would come in. Um I got That's such op- a run. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I, I was totally the same. And um I got opted up to the lower ETH. I was on two hundred and four point six and I got opted up to two hundred and five point two. Um so I actually got the lower ETH um which you know was nice but for the amount of money that was invested into it to, for that to be my entire return um I wasn't happy with and that's led to changes but I'll come to those in a little bit when we we discuss kind of reviewing galleries and things like that but um I decided that wasn't good enough and my money could be better used elsewhere such as the holiday and um, that we booked last week um I've now paid off almost a thousand pounds of it so that's happy days and I think somebody else has also booked a holiday and is going to be needing to do some reconstruction work as well to try and sort that out
1: yeah just uh, I think we've mentioned it loads of times how important it is obviously to take your rewards and take something probably back out of the game whether it's monetary or um, you know whatever you decide to do and spend your money on but yeah I I really toyed with the idea and I was really looking at going to the United game in Netherlands, and uh, it was a it was kind of a distinct possibility last week. And I was talking to the wife about it and stuff. And just over the weekend and things, we we were looking at we were looking at things. We had some personal news that just wasn't particularly great. But and then I just turned around and you know what? We just booked a holiday just for on a cruise. And you know, I've never been on a cruise before. But I looked at it and the wife turned around and goes, "Oh, do you think we can afford that?" And I went, "To be honest with you." Could sell like, I don't know, maybe a seventh of my gallery, and that's it paid realistically. Yeah. And I think that was probably quite an important thing. And I know that we've mentioned it many times, but that probably is going to give me, you know, sort of, sort of like it's going to give you like life satisfaction and family satisfaction and things. And it does kind of make everything that we're doing week to week, day to day, and like whether it's content for people, whether it's social media posting, podcasts. Spending time on your gallery, spending time helping other people with their galleries, giving advice—it kind of makes it all a bit more worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a two it's a two week all inclusive round the med. It's not cheap. It's a new boat, and in God's honest truth, it's surreal. that's going to pay, or, or certainly, you know, it's already paid the deposit and things. So yeah, we mentioned gallery reconstructions like you. Uh, the game week was, <laughs> it was just dreadful uh, as you know you know I, I rushed home from last week's holiday which was just a local holiday but rushed home did a little bit on my uh, play sharper lineups rushed out the door went to Tannadice watched the football came back in the door it was about 11pm at night and I was away out again on the Friday and I just didn't have you know, sort of any real quality time. And I'm, I'm really old school. I sit down and write out my lineups and I know you do the same. Um, and I just didn't do it this week. And <laughs> I just made the complete arse of it, to be absolutely honest. It's the only way I can just, I didn't put the time into it. And you know what? I got exactly um, what I deserves for not putting time in the game. I got a bugger all in rewards. Oh. Uh, I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the low wreath.
0: No, that was the thing. I actually, obviously I was looking at yours because I knew how Bad Minds was going. So I was having a look because I figured if I'm losing completely and not winning anything, you've, you're you on for a star rare or something. Do you know what I mean? It was good one of those things. Um, but no, we were both. And if it hadn't been for me getting opted up, uh, you know, half a point, we would have been on absolutely, you know, nothing. It was a, It was really abysmal. So, I mean, if you look at the value of both our galleries, to purely be coming out with 20 quid between us, is is not good enough, yeah. and that's obviously where we'll we'll kind of move on to with the with the reconstruction stuff because I know you've done some and I've done some, but we'll come at that in a little moment because um, that's going to probably be the meat and bones of the of the podcast. Um, but before we move on to that, Russ, I thought what we could probably do is just touch on. There's not an awful lot of new career news this week. Obviously, there was they, they dropped the 2022 Austrian cast tonight, which will mean. Anybody that's got Austria cards, um, you're going to be able to lose to the 5% season bonus. Um, so if you see your card suddenly turn to 0% or so 1% or 2 that's why. Um, but two kind of hot topics appeared last weekend. And I I posted up something along the lines of, Jesus Christ, are we talking about this again on Facebook? Oh, not Facebook, on Twitter. Um, but the first one was DNPs. Um, there, there was a news article came out Friday... Evening, maybe at six or seven o'clock, I think it was, saying that Mbappe was going to be missing uh, due to a adductor muscle injury or something along those lines. And that brought out the whales in force to say we need rolling window closes, we need, uh, you know, the, the game week has to be pushed back and all this stuff. The things that, you know, us normal players deal with on a weekly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're, you know, and everybody does. But and I can understand, yeah, you've got a 10, 15, 20 grand card that's suddenly out. But that's part of the game. That to me, it's part of the game. Um, I absolutely despise and I would hand on heart, I will sell up if there's you know the you know, where you have like a substitute player that slides in if you've got a DNP. That happens, I sell up. Guaranteed, I will not be part of anything that's involved in that because that just benefits the bigger accounts. Um, uh, there's there's people who were saying, oh, don't give us give a different argument that just doesn't say, oh, because the bigger accounts will win, it will hundred percent benefit the bigger accounts, no two ways about it. um So I I would be very much against anything like that. Russ, have you any uh, thoughts on rolling substitutions or delayed windows or any any such shite?
1: Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't see I didn't see it. Um until you mentioned it. And obviously you mentioned it just pre-pod and you were probably quite surprised that I didn't see it, but I just didn't. And um, I just, honestly, I don't see what all the fuss is about because like you say, there are hundreds and hundreds of accounts that interact with either one of us or the pod account or in person that are playing the game every week. And uh, do you know what? Every week there's somebody's got a DNP in one of their their lineups and it's unexpected. Or do you know what? It's like just... Is there, it is there any different, you know, uh, Mbappé missing as opposed to last Thursday, Scott McMahon failing the fitness test, I think probably about an hour before the United Days Ed game, just because he's maybe, you know, not so worldly um, worldly known. What, what's, what's the difference? There's none. It's just, it's just a player missing a football match. And I know there are a lot of guys that have probably won Mbappé's and things and stuff, but if you are... You know, if you've obviously got Mbappe in your lineup, the chances are you've won endless prizes anyway. Um, one week without a prize, really, um, is it going to make any grand difference in your life? I wouldn't have thought so. You know, you'll be back next week and you play it again.
0: Yeah.
1: I think there's a lot of um, sometimes within the severe community. I'd say there's a, a small percentage of people, and we've not we've not went on the offensive and probably chosen not to. For, for a variety of reasons, but there's a very small percentage of the community is very self-entitled. Yeah. And I honestly feel that they look down their nose at the everyday podcast host, podcast listener, player of the game, guys that don't look, you know, or don't spend a lot of time on social media or don't post. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, um, for me, there's a lot of sort of self, there's a small small percentage, probably about 15, 20 people off the top of my head. That just look down the those at other accounts um, because they don't have as big a gallery. And do you know what? It's like everything else. As as you know, I've had less than ten pounds in the bank, and I've also had more than a million pounds in the bank for for two wide, widely sort of vastly different reasons. And it means bugger all in the grand scheme of things. You can't judge people, <laughs> you know, on galleries or money or how they dress or whatever like that. And I, I do tend to find that some of these accounts with a huge amount of followers and things that, especially the ones that have come from like FIFA games and all that stuff, they just come in, they're all in, and they think that all of a sudden they're full of football knowledge just because they've got 20,000, I don't know, Twitch followers or YouTube followers. It's a lot of shit, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, I I have no sympathy, no sympathy at all. If you had Mbappé in your... Team last week, it's no different to anybody else. Or say somebody having yeah. um, a Ricky Lamy that missed out, or a you know yeah. Stephen O'Donnell or a Callum Slattery. It's just a card in a game, mate. You know. Yeah. So.
0: I know. I agree. I agree. It's just there has to be a cut off when teams have to be entered, and you know, for the sake of all the European, all, all the Asia games that used to always be missed. You know, because we had it happen a couple of times. I think last year where you'd have a ten o'clock Friday kickoff and it meant you, you. it was part of the midweek one, which meant if you had were operating on a small gallery, you then lost a player that you could actually use, do you know what I mean, for, for the weekend. So I had that happen. I think there was a game, one of the game weeks, where uh, Oita, who had two or three of my players, uh, played early morning, and it meant I didn't have a team for the weekend because I just didn't have many cards. So, yeah. uh, you know, there has to be a cut-off point, and you have to know, in a, you know and I think that's how it should be. The other one, Russ, was the age-old conversation about should the band stacks. And I will blatantly say, and I've said on the podcast, and I said on Twitter again during the week, obviously we both know it doesn't take skill to win uh, with a stack. It takes money. You need to be able to buy, you know, uh, the top-end ones. However, I operate many teams with many stacks. And it's not from Celtic or from Ajax or anything like that, you know. For, for instance, I've got a Sturum Graz one in my limited teams and it cost me quite you know quite a few quid to be able to put the two players together. But it gives me a goalkeeper and a defender. They keep a clean sheet. I've, suddenly, I've got an extra 35 points on my score. Um, if they'll concede a goal, I'll lose all that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's a double-edged sword. I did it last year with the San Jose Earthquake lads and that was the attacking one. And there was one of the weeks where all three of them they either assisted each other or scored. It was one of those things, and they all had decisives. And I think a couple of them had two decisives, and I, that was one of my first card wins. I think it was a tier two that I won that time, which still I think is actually my highest win, other than the limited ones that I got. Um, so yeah, it's. I think I don't think they should be banned. You can, I don't think you can make fundamental changes to rules like that. You could maybe introduce competitions where you can only have one player per team, something like that. You know, along the lines of the way they do with, you know, and the I think it's this specialist league you specialist, can have, yeah yeah mm-hmm. you can only have two players from a team you could do something like that where you know it's this is the competition where you can only play one player from each team but I guarantee all happen there is somebody will have Kimich somebody will have uh, you know now Lewandowski being at Barcelona if he ever gets registered uh um, then they'll have Mbappe you know so they'll just pick one big player from each team you know it's just one of those things so whichever way it works it's yeah uh, I don't think you can fundamentally change rules I think stacks are there for good or for bad, if you use them to your benefit, great. If you don't, great as well. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just another way to play
1: the game. I think there's an element of satisfaction for, you know, like I see it in some of the competitions that I've just started in over, so over the last couple of months, as you know, just made a very, very small move into buying some super rares. Now, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's scratching the surface. I've got, you know, I've had between half a dozen, and I think at peak I had twelve, and since then I even sold a couple last week. And you're looking at it, and I know deep down, I'm you're looking at what everybody else is putting in, and it's just too strong. is is It's the reality at the moment, so I've got a decision to make. I either have to downsize my gallery and buy more blue cards, and this, this this decision basically is there'll be many of us that are sitting in this, that play the game, where we look and go, why am I not competing every week? Is it down to the money invested, like you say, because you will compete at the top end of the game if you have a Celtic stack or an Ajax stack, but guess what, you're putting in 6-7k um, to get five players, and that's one team. So you look at that, and that's an option, or do you try and do what most of us do, which is to go, oh, God, I'm going to have to pay like five, six hundred quid for a rare keeper. And I'm not going to be able to get a European one just now. So I'll look at what combos I can get in the MLS and what combos I can get in the J-League. So that's, as we know, it's guys like uh, Hion, it's Cerezo and it's, you know, Room and Bush or Yarbrough and Erwin and all these little combos. We've mentioned them quite a few times, but it's to get the points in All-Star. And- yeah. Ultimately, All-Star should be exactly what it says on the tin. It should just have... It's the bread and butter of the game. If you have... And I'll take the argument of if you have um, invested 10-12k in your team, then good luck to you. And in theory, if you've bought those players, it's probably quite right that you do get these prizes. But some mm-hmm. weeks, you just have to accept that, you know, Celtic could beat 1-0, you know, weight of livy on the <laughs> plastic pitch, and it's just not went to plan or whatever may happen um and then other weeks they'll just be just really obscure players that will just have that brilliant game where they've had a you know defender comes up scores from the back gets a goal and then he has a you know last man tackle and he gets that big green 100 that appears on his score twice in the season you know um for for me just kind of just to finish on that it's you get, I would say you get out kind of to an extent what you put in. If you put in lots of money into the game, there is a very good chance you will get some money out of the game just through sort of natural resource. Mm-hmm. If you put what, like what we've done, which is both of us have put extensive amounts of time into the game, um, you'll get, hopefully, rewards out that way, because, you're, you know, you're compensating what you've not put in the money. And I would say that I would sort of bet my bottom dollar that probably about eighty-five to ninety percent of our listeners are operating on a budget of somewhere between, if they're playing rare, somewhere between three hundred and two thousand pounds.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And even at that, there's a lot of the guys that are actually playing just limited. Do you know what I mean? And then we've we've got new listeners that because I've I've been sent lineups from guys saying this is my first lineup, and it's underdog limited because you don't need a yeah. goalkeeper and you're able to play in that for. You know, you could you could enter a team easily for about fifteen twenty quid. It doesn't yeah. mean it's going to be a team an opportunity to win. But then again, any given any given Sunday, do you know what I mean? There was a, there was the one where I finished fourth in the underdog. Um, the guy that finished above me that was when you did have the goalkeeper. Um, but the guy that finished above me didn't have a playing goalkeeper, but you had two players that hit hundred, and they were both obscure players, both players that I know from the J League, but they were they were two far more obscure players and they both hit a hundred and he captained one of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you can't, you can win it. Uh, you can win prizes with those lower budgets. And I do agree. I think, you know, we do have, uh, you know, and I think that's what we said in episode one, just to go back to kind of looking at the, you know, the journey of the podcast, we've tried to be realistic um, honest. And if we've got an opinion on something, Maybe at the start, I think maybe if you go back and listen to the first four or five episodes, we didn't really necessarily give a scathing opinion on things. Yeah. But that started to change because of maybe attitudes that we've both received, um, you know, from, from certain people um, or just because, you know, it's at the point where you're like, do you know what? I, I'm not going to bite my tongue on this subject or if somebody's being a dick and they're they're demeaning to me, it's block mute whatever but if i see them being demeaning other people it's like hold on dickhead you know i'm not going to tolerate that you know what i mean like just why why are you being the big man do you know what i mean just because you've got x y or z doesn't mean fuck all we've said that so but yeah no i agree i I totally agree i think the stacks are here to stay i mean look you said a few weeks ago um you know go and do it with a go-ahead eagle stack and see what you win um well what was it was it last week when we both got the two reward yeah it was it was last week um and my SV Ried stack my goalkeeper my defender and my midfielder and I ended up winning you know cards that week do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it's it does happen and speaking of obscure players like Tim Plavatic that I had 98 and then an 81 or whatever it was back to back. Um, and he's still selling for 100 quid, which baffles me. But I know why it is, because he plays for SV Ed. A, nobody knows who he is, and B, they're going to get a couple of hiding. so they won't pick him up. But, hey, he's done me a turn, so, yeah, I agree. Um, Leave stacks as they are. It's a a pay-to-win platform, guys. Uh, It really is. You have to buy cards to enter, so you have to play, you know, pay to play, basically. So, um, but looking at what you are paying with and what you're playing with, uh, was kind of the subject I thought about talking about this week, which was obviously the reconstruction stuff. Um, I've had quite a few messages recently, and the most recent one—I don't think you'll mind me, messin- me- uh, mentioning—was Sir Canary. I think he's our second favourite uh, Norwich uh, resident or <laughs> Norwich fan, second he only, to, second only to Alan Batridge. Uh But yeah, we, we we just discussed, you know. What he was doing and things like that. And I thought it was quite handy because I've actually got my pad here when I've done my last two uh, reconstructions here, Russ. So what I thought it might be a good idea was, obviously, we're both a little bit old school. You also have your spreadsheet. Me, me, I've got like about eight or nine pads that I've gone through and I've got them all. (laughs) Um, But it just keeps track of where we're at, what we're doing and things like that. So. If you obviously you've just done your reconstruction, I, you sent me over the screenshot of, or your picture that you took um, of what you've been doing. It looks very similar to what I've done. Um, so do you want to have a kind of like just a, a general overview of kind of like where you start at, and then I'll kind of discuss where I start at, and I, we're going to mirror. I think yeah. Much, so
1: I think generally, I think most of us will look at reconstruction when we're not winning. So either we're not winning money, as in the threshold or you're not winning cards. Now, I'm probably in a slightly sort of better position in the fact that I have I've been taking thresholds pretty much 99% of the time that I put teams in. And that's purely just because of the size of the gallery and the amount of options that I have in Rare. Yeah. But I got on that trail of backing amongst the cards. I was in the cards last year quite a lot. I got this huge, you know, had that huge period of... First three, four months of the year but nothing was going right. I did mini reconstructions, but I still had my favourites. You know, still had these players and I'm like, yeah, do you know what? I like them. And we mentioned stacks. We had, you know, we both had a race all stack. I had a, a mini um, Colorado Rapids stack with the, the keeper and a defender and a midfielder. And yeah, I'm looking and I'm a bit to, to to let these players, you know, I'm thinking in my head, they're going to come good and stuff. So I've had a couple of like sort of mini sell-off four cards, sell-off five cards. But what really kind of prompted me was this weekend, obviously, just making my own mess of it. And I'm the only person to blame. There's nobody else to blame. It's not the cards. It's not, the, you know, the managers, the teams. There's been no majorly sort of different tactics or anything like that or big injuries. It was just basically time. And I looked at this and I thought to myself, Do you know what, I actually have too many cards to pick from. Um, And I know that we've been saying that for probably the best part of sort of three, four weeks, how we've been thinking about reducing the amount of cards and stuff. So I'm sitting here probably on Saturday with, I think it was like 93 rares or something and 60 limited cards and 12 super rares. And that's probably to some people that will be a minuscule gallery and there'll be also to other people, they'll be looking going, holy smoke, that's a lot of cards. Yeah. And. I'm my own worst enemy because I buy a lot of cards, as you know, on potential and coming good, and it's worked so many times for me in the past. Whether it takes one month or sometimes whether it takes six months, but most of what I buy in my gallery is bought for a reason, and it more often than not pays off. But this weekend, I just thought, no, do you know what? I really need to make an actual proper fundamental change and build on what I've been doing over the last four or five weeks. So what I always do is I, I start with the most obvious and question and I question myself is right okay what do I actually want to play so everybody obviously will all play all-star because that's where your threshold and the monetary value is Um, but I looked and thought right what do I actually want to play do I want to play super rare can I play super rare can I play you know the sort of the one that's in the the, uh, in the middle sorry between rare and super rare or what, what am I wanting to do and realistically I sat down and fundamentally looked at and probably solidified in my own head just what I did want to play. And I I toyed with under-23s and leaving it. And as you know, I sold Guyton Kouké and I've sold Lafont and Safanov, the keepers, at big profits and thought about just shelving under-23s. But it keeps coming back. And I've got a couple of guys um, that I know personally quite well that play the game and they're doing so well in the 23s. And it brought me back to the fact of sticking with the 23s. So I'm looking at the comps. I've got my champion Europe that I really like playing, but I've no desire to play the pro because of the Bayern stacks and the, you know the Madrid yeah. stacks and the yeah. Barca stacks, and I can't compete with that, and I've no intention of trying to. So I think right, okay, but I do enjoy playing champion rare. So I'm looking at that. I've always played the MLS since the start of the game. Um, I've always had teams off season and sort of uh, you know when the full season's underway. So MLS have generally toyed with ID between one and two teams. And I've got enough keepers to play both the MLS Rare and the Rare Pro. So I'm looking at that and thinking, right, okay, they're, they're, they're competitions that are easy to go with. And I just made the decision, as you know, by signing Abdul nuruddin to go back into the 23s. So I went back into the 23s, under 23s, and I've got some really good outfield players. But obviously, after selling Guyton Kuki, I was lacking a plain goalkeeper. So I bought one. And of course, sans-l'aw this weekend, he was hooked at half-time. I don't know if he um, he will. Play. In fact, I know he will. He, he will play again this season, but I don't know when. And that's going to be the problem. I'm going to be putting in blind line-ups of do I have this keeper, do I not have this keeper. So that pissed me off <laughs> massively. And the fact that I'm sitting looking at Sreed Data, and I'm just looking and going, do you know what? I've got a DNP here, which is my own fault, and I've got... 40 cards or 50 cards in training teams that some of them were all right, you know, and some of them scored better than the boys that were in. And I just thought, you know what, I need to get down to like 60 rare cards and maybe 10 blues and just reduce the, the amount of teams I'm putting. Because there are sometimes, I think, and we're all guilty of it if you've got maybe more than like 30 or 40 cards, that we put in teams that have got no chance of winning. You know, it's like Challenger Pro, I'll put in this non-playing keeper and four playing, decent players. And you come up with 200 points and you'll have one guy that's went and scored 100 that could have been in another team. And it's so frustrating. So I'm in the process and this is my pod commitment to you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting right now, um, what are we talking about? Four or five days since we had this initial conversation. I'm down to, I've, I've managed to shelve three of my super rares. So I've got rid of gone from 12 to 9. The plan is that I get better super rares and I probably go back up to 12. And my intention is that I play the under 23, both the rare and the rare pro. I'm down to 80 rare cards, which was over 90 um, round about Saturday. So I've managed to shelf about 10 of them. However, I've used Pavel. And that's one of the things that, you know, I think it's fundamental in the gallery reconstruction. As I go and look, and what I actually do, hand on heart, is I write out all the leagues that interest me on a pad. So I'll write out Eredivisie, Jupiler, Austria, Scotland, Portugal, Turkey, Russia. Then I'll write out, you know, MLS, Argentina, and then I'll, I, I don't add things like the K League. The K League's got no interest to in me whatsoever. I, I know half a dozen players, well, no more than that. Player-wise, but half a dozen players in the game that probably would do well, but I just it's got no, zero interest to me, so I'm not going to go to Pavel's gallery and scrape through loads of you know K League players. So
0: yeah.
1: what I do is I write it out in old school in a pad, and then I go and I do the filters on Pavel's gallery, and hand on heart, I actually write any of the say Eredivisie players that are either that I think are either keenly priced or under 23 and I've had game time. Um, or that are, you know, well-known players that someone's obviously, you know, where he's bought out a gallery. And I'll write down the prices next to him, either what he's looking for. So I'll do that with all the leagues. It's generally, you know, there's sometimes I've done, his whole gallery and I how many cars does he have? 20,000 or something? Oh, yeah, easy, yeah. easy. Yeah. I don't know how many rares he's got, but there are some times that I've done all the leagues that interest me, which is maybe about 10 leagues out of the whole game. Um and it's maybe the, the list of players is honestly sometimes less than a dozen but then what I'll do is I'll look to see how he's pricing them so there's obviously there's the bots like below and things that are mm-hmm. buying cards and selling them off the cheapest just because they're just generating turnover and cash um and then obviously there's guys like Super Usman and other guys that are you know that do the baller, uh, the gallery buying sorry um so I'll always look to see if he's selling at a rare sort uh, sort a, a fair price, so I'll do that um try and get a genuine market price on it, and then I'll actually go through my own gallery and see what I don't want anymore yeah. um and I think it's one man shits another man's goat we know we know that, and players come and go. there are some players that were you know Jackson Maleka was absolutely honking the first half of the last year when he was trapped, not getting a game for Liège, um on the bench, sometimes not even on the bench. And then there's obviously the latter half of the season. He goes and he's you know almost just turning up and getting eighty points awarded just for stepping foot on the pitch. So yeah. players come and go, and it's you see it all the time with um, with so many different players. Danny Wilson's another prime example. Django Warmerdam, Kanner Erkin. You know these are just guys that I've used, but I've seen their values go from forty quid to three hundred quid and back to forty quid four or five weeks later. Um, so yeah, the whole reconstruction thing. I do it all on paper, put out the galleries, and then I'll write out my actual teams. So I'll write out champion Europe, and I'll put you know G K D M F and S for spare, and I will put the filters on my own gallery, and I will then try and be as critical as possible of who is worthy of remaining. <laughs> um, and I'd, and I do that hand on heart, I've got a. I've got, like you, I've got about six or seven pads and I must write my teams out every second day at an absolute minimum. That's how much scrutiny I'm looking at my team. I'm looking at my team pretty much every day and I'm writing it out every second day. Um, and there was just, you know, just to kind of, before we go into yours, just to summarise, I looked at my entire gallery at the weekend. I immediately thought I need to raise some ETH and what I do need to immediately do is to get myself some under-23 goalkeeping options. I very quickly had a look and i was looking at guys like you know my old haunts and stuff and everybody was coming in at 2k and i thought i could either a put money back in the platform or i've got you know i've easily got five figures of value in my gallery it's decision time on who you have to sell and a couple of cards at the weekend i sold for probably about 70 percent of what I, sold, uh, what I bought them for which is quite unlike me um but yeah, I decided to generate some actual, just some cash flow. And I went and basically got myself a few keepers. So John Poolscamp, um, who has played the last five at the expense of Tim Melia, who's been out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. However, I've, you know, I've just over the last, I've got a couple of friends that have got Melia and I've been obviously keeping an eye on it. And I've just now started to get sort of more lingering doubts as to how sustainable he is long term. And Pulskamp's obviously the natural successor So I brought him in and uh, an old friend of yours, uh, I think you had him last season, uh, Benjamin Ozigovic that was battling with Ferdinand Oswald.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, Oswald's the captain, I think,
0: off the top of my head. Yes, he is indeed.
1: Yeah, so Oswald obviously being the captain... Means it's probably quite hard to an extent for Ozzy Govich to get the, probably the game time that he got last year because it was maybe about 50 50 last
0: season. There was, uh, I think, uh, Oswald had a couple of injuries and then was mm-hmm. out and he'd come back and sit on the bench for maybe a game or so and then be back in the starting lineup. But that did happen, so you obviously there's questions maybe about durability, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but all it takes, I mean, some of the the, the teams in Austria. I mean, obviously, keeping closer with Austria than than maybe yourself. Yeah. They, they, they're oh, aren't necessarily one of the the top teams. So all it'll take is a run of maybe four or five bad results, or two or three games where he's conceding two or three goals, to maybe like right, okay, do we make a change or whatever? But yeah, it's 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 one there that could be quite handy. I mean, I did have him in limited, so it is it is one there that could be quite, you know. Quite yeah, like, I looked at that it, but...
1: and I thought that's one of the ones that I got from Pavel in a trade mm-hmm. so I probably, in truth I probably paid maybe 0.1 over the odds for them. but I looked and what I was what I was sending into the trade I hadn't actually used they were sitting in my squad but yeah. I hadn't actually used them in teams for weeks and I'm looking thinking these guys are just going in my training lineups every week and yeah they might come good and yeah they might score highly, and I might be able to sell them for, you know, one and a half or double what, what I could sell them for right now. And instead I thought, Do you know what, just get shot at them. So I suppose, you know, obviously you can tell us how, you know, what your thoughts are on it. But for me, one of the key things is, is just not getting too attached to players.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's to be a key thing is not getting too attached. I think we said that in one of the earlier podcasts where we talked about that. I mean, I've obviously kept Stefan nuts now for about seven months. So I've got him up to eleven <laughs> percent on his bonus. Obviously, that'll go down to six, but hey, that's still better than the new cards that'll be coming out. Um, but yeah, it's I think it is important to sit and actually properly, you know, and analyze your teams and things like that. I was looking at my. Uh, it was my limiteds were my main problem because I had too many of them. This was going back maybe two, three weeks. I sat there and I did this. And what I'd done was I wrote out the, the leagues that I was going to be able to play, which were at that point, All-Star Under-23s, Challenger Specialist and Underdog. So that was five leagues. So I then was like, right, okay, well, I've got five keepers. So I wrote them all down. And then I was like, hey, hold on. Underdog doesn't need a goalkeeper. So I sold one of my goalkeepers. That, that made my mind up right away. There's one I could take straight out the door then I went through the defenders one by one and I was trying to figure out right okay who is good and who is average you know one that if I was playing in thresholds in all-star rare I could play them in there but they're not going to win you a card in limited so I sat there and I broke them all down I put brackets for my under 23s and things like that and then I basically just listed everything else um Depending on my percentages that I had on them, the bonuses, I wasn't necessarily the cheapest, but I was right at that point kind of you know, if I've got a 10% bonus on somebody, I'm not gonna be able to price them at the same price as somebody that's got five percent. Because if somebody's idiotic enough to go and buy the five percent one, then they get what they deserve, you know what I mean? Um, but I went, I listed everything, that's when I started to take out all that money because that's when I was getting a lot of sales coming in because I was the the limited market is far more fluid than the rare one. That's just a fact because it's less money. Um, but I had a lot of players that was able to sell. So I went through and I did all that. Um, But then the last couple of weeks, I haven't won in the limited ones. So that prompted me to go back in and have another look and be like, right, okay, but where do I change it now? And it was the same thing. It's, like what, it's constantly looking at what do you want to achieve? And it was the same with Rares this weekend because I went and I looked at it and obviously... I had, it was somewhere in the region of about two and a half grand's worth of players that went in and returned 20 quid. Now, personally, I don't think that's good enough. (laughs) Um, And that was what prompted me to think, right, Okay, I'm going to sell out one of these rare teams and I'm going to then just have one rare team and I'll have some spares and those spares will go into underdog. So I sat and I did the same process again which ones do I want to keep, which ones do I want to sell? And then it ended up just actually listing most of the rares. And I'm going to, you know, I've got good enough players that I should be able to get through a threshold each week. So I sat and I've done that, but it's, it's constantly going back setting your goals and then going back and revisiting them. And if your gallery doesn't line up with your goals, then you need to make changes. And uh, for me, that was the changes I've went and made. Um, I had another little bit of a, a reconstruction this morning. I, I agreed to deal with a guy last night uh, who was looking for Ricky Lamy And I had him sitting there, but I've got Ryan Edwards, I've got Tim Plavich, I've got other defenders there that I was quite happy, like, okay, I could let him go. And he offered me a trade by a player that was worth about 20 quid more. I was like, okay, I'll take him. No use to me, but I was going to just sell him. So a combination of being bored at work and also having a thought in the back of my head thinking, I'd quite like to have a wee America team as well, <laughs> for my limited teams. So I went. I did exactly what you just said, Russ. I went to Pavel's gallery, and I filtered out limited goalkeepers. And I went and had a look to see what had popped up in his gallery in the last couple of days. And overnight, he'd uh, he'd taken on a, God is it Servio? Servio, the Rosario central goalkeeper, the, the penalty taker. Um, somebody had dumped one of them in his gallery. So. The new player that I had, I traded him directly to Pavel with a couple of quid on it. So realistically, my Ricky Lamy card then increased 20 quid in value. and I was able to trade that for a card that, you know, just scored 100 points two weeks ago. I, I had a couple of 60s and 70s above that as well because he's taking the fucking penalties. It's goalkeeper, but it's Argentina, so these things happen. So, uh Yeah. I've got uh I've ended up just trading some players around and buying some other ones. So I've I've actually assembled what I think is a very strong um America team, but that's only been because I sat back and I took stock of where I was at. Um also one thing that happened this weekend, I haven't put it up on uh well I did I posted up the you know the about the sale. I agreed a sale with uh F or Neil F. I think it's Niall F. Um and he bought my Brazilian goalkeeper, my rare one. And I sold him for 750 quid. And I took that 750 quid out and I sent it straight to Louise and says, could you go and phone up and pay the holiday? So that money went onto the holiday. So it's taken a massive chunk of the money and a massive chunk of stress. So I don't have an October payment to make anymore. I've now just got to have the rest of it paid off by July next year. And if I can't do that, I shouldn't be playing this game. Um, so that was it. It's It's... Whenever anybody else asks me, Russ, I don't know if you're the same, but when anybody asks me, could you have a look at my gallery and tell me what you suggest, my first question before I even look at their gallery is, what do you want to achieve? Are you wanting to win prizes or are you trying to trade and make money? Because you can do both, you know, um, eventually, but for the most of us, you're probably going to have to pick which one of the two that you're wanting to do. Um, and if you've got a low budget, you might well be looking to actually trade up and get yourself to a better team. Um, and then it's just looking at your players critically, like we've both just said about, you know, players that you be favoured or what have you. Like last night, Sir Caria from uh, Sturm Graz, I went into a fit of rage because he got a red card and humped my uh, midweek team and uh, he was sold. And that's what refinanced my entire America team this morning. So uh, apart from the goalkeeper, obviously, as I say, that was a trade. So, you know, sometimes you have to do... Uh, things that you wouldn't you know two days ago you weren't necessarily thinking about but then if it's the right thing for your gallery at the time it's it's what you have to go and do and that's that's what I think is is missing I think people keep buying you know you've got a gallery full of shit and you just keep going right okay the stuff I've got there nobody's wanting to buy it because it's shit um and you go and buy some more cards that turn out to be you know Oh shit! and you're just stacking it on top of each other and that's not the kind of stack that you want really is it so uh, I think it's important to you know use you know facilities like Pavel Trader it's not always fun to go and lose you know in quotations lose uh, money on a card but if it's sitting there and it's not doing you any good and you're not getting a sale on it but Pavel Trader's got a card there that you know that's the beauty of it when you go to buy a card off the market, you know, unless you've got a really interesting trade proposition, I'm probably not going to consider it. Russ, you're probably not going to consider it. Mm-hmm. But Pavel Trader, that's what he does. So if he has just bought somebody's gallery and got has five or six players there, and you're going shit, he's got some really good players there. That's your opportunity to go and be right. Okay, if I have a stick of a wee bit of ETH, maybe fifteen quid's worth of ETH plus these two players. I might be able to snag that one. And you send it over and he takes it. Yeah, you might, you know, not have got like-for-like value. But in the long run, you probably will. So, uh, and we've both used them over the year. Um, I went on a phase where I was like, fuck him. um, Because he was just (laughs) rejecting every deal I was sending. And then all of a sudden, you know, he started accepting every deal I was sending. So I think that's it. It's really just, you know, making the use of utilities like that. And like you say, the guys that are buying galleries, have a look and see what they've got, because most of them will do the same with the trades, like Super Usman and what have you. I think Katoz is another one, and things like that. So, have a look at these things to see where you can maybe, you know, if you've got those cards there, can you can you trade them with these guys, especially Pavel, because that's probably your first port of call for those.
1: Yeah, and I think he um, that doesn't ever really genuinely seem to be too much other than maybe retired players now that he reject you know so if you yeah. do have guys that are dnps and have been dnps for months you ain't going to get much value on them but you know I, i've even seen guys that, that i know have looked and went well do you know what this rare is only worth 0.015 now but they've maybe put it in for say three half decent sort of limited cards yeah and it's just taking a little bit of a switch to process that you know you just take it on the chin and you know Rather than that card sitting gathered dust, or you ploughing more money in, and you know watching cards getting red X's, you know as they move out of leaks and things, just get rid of them. You know don't. More often than not, unless the players may be out on loan, it's very rare that I'll sit with a with a red X in the gallery. And I know I've got a couple, but one obviously has a Dundee United connection that's just there for the duration of the gallery, um, and then another one I've got at the moment. He, you know he's out on loan, but he will be back, and he's an under twenty three, so. You know, more often than not, if there are cards, though, that are sitting and they just aren't getting games, and, you know, prime example there at the weekend, one of the cards that I've held for six months was uh, Lucas uh, Teoderecek. Now, picked picked a few of them up initially, and he was, he was honestly, he was buttoned when he picked them up. We're talking like 15 quid or something, 20 quid. And I sat with two or three of them, and I know a couple of other guys also jumped on the bandwagon and were like, yeah, and to be fair, he went and played um, lower league Italian football in theory up until recently he was a much better player than that there was talks of him going back to the Jupiler League where he did well obviously three or four seasons ago and I just looked and I thought you know what I'm holding this guy in hope <laughs> you know I've got no control over the circumstances and you're not seeing any articles and then I've seen you know an article saying that he's not going to play lower league Italian football but there was nothing concrete to say where he was going to play football and I thought you know what this guy's like that and you know, I, I'm one of these guilty guys that are, I like to be quite speculative in my approach to guys that are coming out of the contract or under 23s that I think are going to break into teams. And as I say, it has served me well, but there's an example of when it doesn't serve me well. And you know what, this weekend he was one of the ones that, along with, you know, a favourite of mine, Christian Medina uh, in Argentina, I've had that, I've had that lad twice, I've held him waiting, waiting. He's then, you know, he's come out of nowhere and you know, after three DNPs, he'll go and score like seventy points or seventy-five points. And I'm like, yes, he's finally breaking through. This is it. He's the way to do an Alvarez or whatever, you know. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then he just disappears again. And I'm like, Do you know what? I I don't follow Argentinian football close enough to see every single article. in the way that like, you know, for instance, you know, in Scottish football, if someone's out for a suspension or a couple of months injured you can kind of keep a track on it because it's constantly in your press and it's constantly in your general news sites as well as your sort of football ones. But yeah, I made, made that decision. And I think we've both, we've both done that. I, I genuinely, as I say, I'm going to target to try and get down to nearer 60 cards. And I've got some targets that are two or three of them that are cards that are probably more expensive than, not that I would say I'm comfortable buying because I have bought, obviously, like under 23 keepers and things. But I've got, you know, a Champions Defender right now that's he's coming in about 600 quid. And I'm looking and going, Do you know what, I, I just need to have them. I need to have them to be competitive. And I'm looking and going, Do you know what, I need another under 23 um, super rare. And I'm not going to buy a card that's 150 quid super rare that might come good. I'm going to buy something that's maybe 500 quid that's playing every week and somewhere at least getting, you know, 45 to 60 points with the occasional decisive. So it's making those decisions. I think probably a couple of the mistakes that we both made was in the early days, we bought a lot of players that were more often than not coming on as subs to fill teams mm-hmm. to make more teams.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I know that like a lot of the other content guys and things like that, the, you know, Everybody that makes videos and there's been a lot of discussions from a number of sources about basically trying to reduce the amount of cards you have but up the quality. But that's also pretty hard when you become quite engrossed in the game because you see another card and go, oh, I need to have him, you know, or he might come good or, you know, prime example, Ian Hark's right now at Dungeons United, obviously that's my team. I know that he obviously had the most man of the matches last year for Dungeon United and he generally would score quite good. But if you look at him right now, he's obviously, he's had a suspension um, and I think he's only got like three scores against them out of the last five. And he's, you know, he's probably quite low priced. Yeah. Um, and I, I the only reason I mentioned him is I had a guy message me this week going, I'll give you 50 quid for Hark's. And I'm like, He's not for sale, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, but I'll still go. I'll give you fifty quid, or maybe sixty. A push, or go and have a look at the gallery." And I'm like, "I wouldn't sell him for less than a hundred because I know what he's capable of." Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I've I've got cards like that sitting in the gallery as well, but it is it's it's like you say, it's everybody's got their price, I believe was a an old catchphrase. Uh, but yeah, it's I I was looking at Ross Ross Callahan. I think he's sitting down in like 39, 40 quid. Yeah. And I'm not going to sell him for 39, 40 quid. I'd rather keep him and probably end up chucking him in the threshold team. Yeah. I, I just think that some of those prices, and, and one thing I noticed at the weekend there was how re- overreactive people were to poor performances. Um, I've seen prices plunge by almost 50%, some of them, for no reason. Do you know what For no re- one bad game. Um, I mean, Anto uh, Grigic, I-, I obviously buy him after all those green scores and he sticks in a 44. But he um, his price went from like 0. 0. 0.045 down to 0. 0. 0.035. You're like, it's one bad game. Like, seriously, this is the thing. People devalue their own cards Yeah, to, to get rid, and You're like, don't do that. You know, like, if you've got something there that's like that, like those cards that, you know, Marco O'Hara is another one. He missed a game at the weekend because he, you know, had a, a head knock from the uh, from the Motherwell game things like that so you know it happens guys are going to miss games but it's not the you know the end of the world the argentine forward i pick up, picked up today uh copetti i think his name is um from racing uh let me find him there he is enzo copetti um he missed the last game he's got 14 goals and one assist in 26 games this season and he missed one game for a yellow card suspension. He'll be back in at the weekend, and uh, his price was down by almost a third from what it was. So it doesn't make sense when people devalue things just because they miss a game or have a poor game, you know. So I think that's important as well. Don't undervalue your cards. Is um, another one. Well we're also telling you, you know, have a look at utilities like Pavel, where you eat dead cards or ones that you just feel that you're not going, you're not going to get a good price for, but. Hey, he's got something. I've just had a look at his gallery there, Russ, just because we were chatting about it, and I've just seen it it a card that I want, but I'm not going to get it because I don't need it. Uh, it's one I want, but it's not. I don't need it. Um, so yeah, have a look at those things. If you are uncertain or you do want advice, obviously, Russ and I have you know helped quite a few folk. Um, I would probably say send a DM to the the, the actual podcast account, which is at avftd pod. That way, we'll both see it. And whoever answers it, you know, you'll get the response. Um, we've been, we adopted a system and it has R at the end of it. It's from Russ If it's got a K at the end of it. It's from Chris. So you, that way you can actually know who's, who's sent you back the advice. Um, but yeah, I think that was quite important, you know, to, to say how we do it, you know, and I, I'll post up some pictures of my pads and things like that, just with the way I'm looking at things and what I'm trying to achieve on them so that you can see um, of what those are. I'll pop them up on the, on the twitter account as well russ probably just so that people could see i think i'd be you know it's old school and um, you could do this on spreadsheets and things like that but sometimes it's just as handy just to have a pad there and you can sit with your phone and your pad which are sitting in the bog or something you know, <laughs> so you so can sit and you can you know it's because for me that's my sanctuary just now sitting in the toilet it's my sanctuary for five minutes um so the pads might come with me for going jot things down so yeah i think that was quite an important conversation to have um well, we move on now just to kind of review the the Scottish news, Russ, and the Scottish uh, fixtures from last weekend, and kind of look forward to this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think um, obviously in the in the actual transfers themselves that involve cards, um, to my knowledge, there were none um, from the from the Premier League, uh, from the you know the Scottish Premiership. There we, we basically just. Had a couple of clubs making moves. Aberdeen signed a couple of more players. Um, but none of them have cards. Obviously one's on loan from, from Liverpool. Um, I don't think there were any cards that lost utility either. So no. yeah, quite a quiet, um quite a quiet week actually, yeah. in truth, for 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 Scottish transfers.
0: The one obviously big one was uh, Martin Boyle. Now, whilst he doesn't have a card just now until obviously the new cards come out, his signing will have a knock-on effect to cards um, because he's going to be playing a lot of those games. Um, now, you see, he came on at the weekend, turned the game on its head because Hearts were pretty much in control. And all of a sudden he pops up with the last kick of the ball and scores the equaliser for Hibbs. So his his signing will have a knock-on effect. Who loses their shirts is probably up for debate. And um, I actually sold my Melkersen because I feel like he might be one that loses a lot of time with somebody like Martin Boyle coming in. Um, a deal that seems outrageous as well. Um, allegedly, according to the BBC reporters on the radio on Saturday, I don't know if you heard it, Russ, yeah. but what they were saying was there was roughly about 50% of his transfer fee was paid up front and the rest of the installments were still due. And in effect, Hibs have paid nothing to get him back. Yeah. They've basically foregone the future installments. So basically for a six-month loan of Martin Boyle, the uh, Saudi team paid £1.5 million for the privilege, which yes. I think is it's usually the Scottish clubs that are on the, the the receiving end of those type deals. Um, but there seems to be a bit of a new wave with that. But I think that there will obviously be a player that will have, uh, you know, Will lose game time, I think, Russ. Obviously, with with his signing. I think
1: I think, I think you're right. I think there'll be two. Um, obviously, uh, Tavares as well that came over from Benfica. I think he could yeah. be affected. So him and Melkerson are the, the obvious two. Uh, also, might slightly. Um, it's like I know he's not exactly the same position, but young Henderson as well, who's been doing well. Mm. So do you know what? It's like everything else, Martin Boyle has to play. It's an in effect, it's a one point five million pound player that's got international experience. Um that like you say, he changes games, he I know certainly from sort of like fantasy football perspective and things, before he left Hibs, he was sitting on double figures of goals. Yeah. Um, he will do well for, for Hibs again. And it's probably the shot in the arm that they need from an attacking perspective. Um, and also, I think, just while we're on the topic of Hibs, I noticed that Paul Hanlon um, was back in a couple of the bounce games and things. And I would expect that he will return to the defence. I think we've both said... No, I, I certainly watched that game. I think Rocky Bashiri is an absolute bomb scare, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I've never signed him in Serie I have no intentions of ever signing him. I think, to my knowledge, it was almost a forced deal because the games played the in- for the signing for oh, Hibs.
0: <laughs> yeah, they had to sign him. But uh, that said, I don't think he's been as bad in the two... Well, obviously, I've seen the highlights of the first game and obviously watched that one. Um and I've seen obviously I'm in the pre season, but a lot of the, the the league cup games were lower league teams that were playing against. Do you know what I mean? So it's not really fair to do a like for like. It's not the same as playing up against, you know, Shankland or whoever. that was kind of bullying them quite a lot of the weekend. So it will be interesting. Hanlon, I know he's been their club captain and things like that, but I I wonder if Hibbs will delve back into the market yet for a for another centre half. Um, Hanlon obviously injuries and things like that, and age not on his side necessarily. Um, so I'm not 100% convinced that Hanlon will play all the games, certainly. no. Um, they might split the time. Um, I think that's partly why they went to a back three last year with the three centre-backs and pulled McGinn into a centre-back position. Um, but we will we'll, we'll see. Um, results-wise, I suppose the shock, well, not shock result, but a big result the weekend, uh, Aberdeen putting four passes in Mirren. They're yeah. looking very good. Um, the uh, the big lad up front, uh, Mayovsky looks looks a player. Um, one that would, I think he'll set back a few quid when when those cards come out. Um, and obviously, um, I think the opening uh, line to uh, I believe it was Hulk Hogan's uh, theme song. Russ was when it comes crashing down, and it hurts inside. Well. Livingston certainly came uh, came crashing <laughs> into dice in 1-1-0. Um, United was surprised they didn't rotate as much as I expected them, maybe to maybe a bit more, but that's maybe down to squad depth, probably more than anything. Uh, I did see it today that Jack Ross had an interview um, and it was saying that uh Behicci, uh, Behic, I think he's pr- pronounced... Aziz Behicci, yeah. Behic, yeah. He uh, now has his work permit and travelled to the Netherlands. So... And um, there's a good chance he might actually line up, um, be it midweek or if not midweek, probably at the weekend. So that's one to probably keep an eye on because he does have cards in the game from his his time in Turkey. So that's he one does. worth having a wee nosy at, folks, if you've if you've not already. Um, bearing in mind, especially the new Matrix coming in in two weeks, Ross, <laughs> a fullback yeah. coming in, international experience. I, I do see him probably getting most of the time. I don't know what you think about it.
1: Well, i've got the I've got the super rare and I've got the rare so yeah. um yeah uh I think he's he's actually've I've got a few I've got three players to keep an eye on and he was one of them yeah um like you say he's got his work permit now I posted earlier on um Twitter just to be jack Ross two minute interview
0: yeah
1: um I did expect Dundee united to although you know answer there uh on play sharper When I did the line-ups, um, it was 124 out of the 132 or so that I got this week um, that actually got game time and an opt to score. I think it was about 114 or 116 starters. I thought United would change a few. I expected Nicky Clark to start instead of Fletcher, purely from just, you know, mixing up and a bit of fitness and looking after um, Fletcher for the game against AZ. And I also, you know, I did put in that Ross Graham... Uh, was split with Charlie Mulgrew for playing uh, left centre-back and of course he did. So I expected a couple more changes. I didn't want to put them on the play sharper lineups, but I thought maybe Cujo might have started and I maybe expected, uh, you know, just maybe another, another one or two changes. However, it didn't come to fruition and we, by all accounts, got pretty much what we deserved as a team. Against Livy, and to be fair, you know, that's two games into the season, and we've only got a point on the board, it's not the greatest of starts. And then your, uh, your old friend St Johnston picking up the win,
0: they did get a win, a surprising win, probably. Um, however, it was a uh, they celebrated it like they'd won the Scottish Cup again. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite wild celebrations. I don't see that happening this weekend, however, when they travel to Ibrox to play Rangers, Um probably again a a much-changed Rangers, I would imagine, after their midweek exploits. Um, But then we've also got Aberdeen at home to Motherwell. I think there might be another three or four goals in in Aberdeen. It's going to take a Liam Kelly masterclass again to try and keep that score down. Uh, Livy at home to Hibs could be an interesting one, especially if Matt Hoyle gets a wee game. Um, That synthetic pitch at Livingston is the drizzling shits. It's it's the same for everybody, but it's... Uh, it's it's not a level playing field when one team's playing on that and everybody else, well, apart from Kelly, they're playing the same. But it's, you know, grass for all, or, you know, I think that's how it should be. Um, St. Merlin-Ross County, a couple of, I think both those teams have got zero points for the season so far.
1: Could be tight. Um, Ross County haven't been playing that badly going by yeah. like radio reports and stuff when you listen to the open all mics and things. Yeah.
0: The both I think that was one of the big things that came from for, uh the Ross County standpoint was they did say that you know, County will be fine, is what they what the pundits were all saying. That was Michael Stewart, and he's a usually a full on uh bell end, I think would be the term for us. Wow. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I think County haven't played bad by all accounts. I don't know if you've seen it today though, Russ. They've lost Connor Randall for most of the season to a fractured leg. Um, so it's had a significant period, but. Depends how bad it is I suppose eh? So It'll
1: be the young guy Johnson That, that basically slots In there now yeah. They signed him As a right back And I know Malky Mackay Was really keen on him Just going by the reports I think they tracked him For about six months So I would expect him To go in there
0: Yeah And, and I think St Mirren They've got their own Injury woes Obviously I think Tanzer went out Against Motherwell And didn't play At the weekend And then you've also got Marco Hara Went out with a head knock I would hope he was back This week Because uh, another DMP Is killing his Killing his sale price For me <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, Kilmarnock continue their torrid start to the season uh, games wise Uh, They they host Celtic in the weekend And then your United side come back from uh, the Netherlands And go to Edinburgh to face Hearts Who um, are one of the stronger sides as well So that that could be quite a tough one Um, I've got Shankland captained Because I I don't see Shankland not playing against them And not scoring against them
1: so so do I just to, uh, to ease the heartache <laughs> if he does. Of course he And do you know what? It's it's funny. I know we briefly just to briefly mention it, but there's like for instance my Challenger Europe Pro team. I've got two United Super Rares, and this is where the fun element of the game comes in. And I've you know what? I'm under absolutely no illusions that 95% of the game weeks I probably will have no chance of winning. A significant card. I, you know, I might scrape a tier three if I'm lucky, but there will be a game where my lineup of my blue uh, Aziz B H and Harks and uh, Edwards and Liam Smith and Co. There will be one week where they just, you know, they all have a green score and they do win me that card and yeah. that will be my Dundee United one card which yeah. you know it's, it's great when you can do that and we, you know I know that all the guys that listen to podcast we've all got our teams whether it's the other Scottish ones or whether it's you know a lot of the guys that listen down south and things like that they'll be obviously itching for for their teams to be released uh if they you know if it's premiership that they support as opposed to championship and stuff but yeah that makes such a big difference and on that uh, note Chris actually just since it's episode 20 and I know we're getting kind of close to wrapping up but what I want to do is uh, a very small giveaway Okay. Oh, I'm not going to put I'm um, basically it's going to be for people that listen so I'm not going to not going to tweet about it or anything like that so if you're still listening well done to you because you're going to understand about the giveaway so I'm going to give away two cards one rare and I'm going to give away a limited one just for the hell of it as well. So the limited card is Archie Mikesson, who I tip to be a breakthrough over the course of the season. He's not had any game time um, significant over the you know the start of the season. But I do think over the course of the season, he'll, he'll get some games and things. So it's not a high value card, for instance, but it'll be something that somebody can hopefully get some use out of. And I've got a card, um, Japanese J-League card, that I just don't need. Just don't need it. Uh, Hugo Tatsuta is the player's name um, when he plays which seems to be every second game he, he scores a green he, he plays well he scores 50 60 70 points so sim- quite simply all I am going to do um, the podcast can be reviewed now we've been lucky we've had some good reviews and we've also had one mm-hmm. uh, spanner in the works that I don't even class it as a, as a real review however um All I'm going to ask, and I'm not asking people to review us five star or anything like that, you know, base it on your genuine uh, sort of listening experience. If you think we're pretty good, rate us four or five stars. If you think it's absolutely shit, then I probably don't don't understand why you're still listening now. Um, Rate us one star if you want to. But no, ideally, we'd like to get a few more ratings. This, uh, This actually helps us and it helps the pod and things. And I'm basically going to pick next week. I'm going to basically pick. Um, two of the people from the start of obviously from the start of the, the, the podcast ratings that have taken the time just to leave us a little review on if they enjoy the podcast so there's a three or four of you have done it so far if it's only 10 or 20 people that, that do it or even you know half a dozen then you've got a great chance of winning but I'm going to put two cards up for grabs and I'm going to pick them on the pod next week. Mate.
0: Superb superb. Well, that's been that's been dropped on me there I did not know about this so Nice one, Russ, for that one. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's pretty sound of you. Um, and speaking of giveaways, I suppose we could give away five players that are going to be pretty epic this weekend. Um, or well, I've certainly got five to to give uh, as tips. Tips as these are, I'm not giving away the cards, so I don't have them. Um, here we go. So um, I'll quickly run through the players I've picked out, Russ. Um, I kept them all under 70, 75 quid, and these are rare cards, ones that you could put in the thresholds, performing quite well just now, and you could probably look at, you know, either holding over the close, excuse me, over the close season if they're the MLS cards, or just see what you could do with them in your all-star teams. First one I've got, Russ, Brian Acosta, Colorado, uh, midfielder, last five of 59, coming in at 0.05. Uh, for a card scoring that sort of scores is pretty good. Played all of the last five games as well. Um, next one, Jose Antonio Martinez of Dallas. Last five of fifty nine again, 0.045. and that's for a defender card. Now he uh, Dallas are actually third in the Western Conference as well, so there's a good chance of postseason football there as well. Um, again, speaking of postseason football, uh, one that I actually won as a, a reward one time, and that was Alejandro Bedoya, former Rangers man, uh, now of Philadelphia Union. Uh, last five of fifty one point zero four. Um, he has been involved in assists and goals this season. Uh, midfielder card, but 0.04, not a bad price on that one. Um, next one is one I actually won as a reward, and his price came down because of one bad game again. Uh just seemed to be the way of it at the weekend. Uh, Luciano Sanchez of Argentinos uh, Juniors, last five of 48, and he's coming in, Russ, at point zero three eight, so less than, uh, well, that's less than 55 quid uh, defender card there. Uh, and finally, I put in a forward card here. Now, it's not the world's biggest scoring card, but if you're looking for one that looks like he plays most games and will at least get you a score of maybe 45-plus, Mamadou Fall, now this is the one from Kasim Passa, there are two Mamadou Falls, there's one in the MLS but there's also this lad in Turkey Uh, he is a winger, last 5 of 46, played the first game of the season where uh, Kasim Passa were uh, handed their own asses by uh, Basikera I think it was, anyway they lost 4-0 because I had uh, Jemma Kabasi playing that game, but he's available for less than .04 which is, as I say just shy of 56 quid. And I think that's really good value for a forward that's, you know, getting a game every week. So that's my tips this week, Russ. I, what do you have for the listeners?
1: Just on your tips, Brian Acosta also has the international utility with, I think it's Honduras. He's well. certainly
0: got international national utility, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I'm, think, I'm sure he plays... Um, I had him a couple of seasons ago when he yeah. did well, and then he moved, I think, last season and wasn't so good. So it's good to see him back scoring, um, scoring well, so fair play to that one. I've only got a few cards. Obviously, we mentioned uh, Aziz Behitch at London United, who has yet to feature for United, but is now very close to game time. And, uh, you know, my apologies to Scott, but I think he will dislodge Scott McMahon as the main left-back Um, at Dundee United I think he's you know probably just got that sort of slightly more international experience and played at a little bit of a higher level over a longer course of time so I think he's going to be a good buy I think you can still get the the rare for about 0.05 obviously at the moment as well it's a Turkish card that's not a Dundee United card so I would have a look at that Miguel Angel Navarro at Chicago Fire. Now, he stepped in due to the injury to uh, Carlos Terran. I hold them both, both red rare cards. They're both under 23s. Um, I'm not 100% sure if they will both play together. However, the Terran was in phenomenal form before he got injured. He's out for about four or five weeks, I checked yesterday. Um, and Navarro has certainly been playing the last few weeks. And he's, you know, it's all green scores. Again, um, I think he was coming at about 0.06, which is, which is a steal. I had Navarro and Pablo uh, Ruiz last season. At the same time, I had uh, Jesus Ferreira, and I picked all three of them up in total for about £450. And then between Ruiz, Navarro and Ferreira, I think I sold all three of them for about £1,600. Yeah. Um, Under-23s, like everything else, they dip and then they you know rocket. So there's a good chance of making a wee bit of revenue off them. And the final one is a lad that's playing in Ecuador for LDU, and I think it's Quito you pronounce it. Yeah. It's a, a lad called Alexander Alvarado. I've held him as a limited card for quite a quite a while, and his scores are just phenomenal. Um, certainly worth a look if you're looking for a, you know, a midfield card that's really consistent and kind of delivering those scores that you would normally associate with cards like, you know, the price of, you know, Carlton McGregor and co, which are, you know, significantly more. Um, So that's that's all I've got um, just to kind of round up this week, Chris
0: fantastic so yeah quite a few players that are going to go have a nose yet guys and obviously russ's fantastic giveaway um so yeah definitely get those uh reviews in that would be fantastic and uh yeah without further ado i will let you all go enjoy your game weeks guys and um, take care and we will speak to you all again next week